Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're happy that you're joining us today because it's uh, Christmas week, and so we have lots to be joyful about as we're anticipating that the celebration of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined here by these two Christmas elves, Josh Sullivan over Hello. here. Josh, welcome to you. Thank Excited you. for Christmas? I am, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. You could feel it in the air, yeah. right? And over here, we got Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Matt, welcome. Lots to be joyful for. Uh, of course, uh, you have a bigger family this yeah. year, yeah. Matt. Uh, baby's you know, first Christmas. Baby's yeah. first yeah. Christmas. You know, a couple weeks old now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, do you have to buy a different color stocking because she's a girl? Like, you have four boys and then a girl? Like, is it? Um, no, but like all the different clothes. That, you know, <laughs> like, that are... There's no more hand-me-downs. No, yeah. no, no, no. And she has way more clothes than the rest of the boys combined. Yeah. No. <laughs> Trace Marie got her girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we are uh, ready to celebrate the nativity of the Lord, we're going to delve into the scriptures today. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when we look at the scripture accounts of the nativity, there's so much, um, you know, spiritual fruit for us and grace, of course. It's the, the nativity. It's the, the time when, when God became man. And, uh, but there's lots going on in the scriptures that I think, you know, when we talk about Christmas, we always talk, well, yeah, it's, people say, well, it's Jesus' birthday or Jesus is, the, you know, we celebrate Jesus' birth, all these things. But we sometimes neglect to really look into what the scriptures are speaking to us mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's a reason why we, we hear certain readings at certain Christmas masses and all those different things, right? So, uh, first of all, you know, there's four gospels, mm-hmm. right? And only two have an account of Jesus' birth. Yeah. Right. yeah, and and that's Matthew and that's Luke. Luke. Yeah. yeah, and and Matthew's version of of the nativity really like focuses on Joseph. I mean, we heard that reading on the mm-hmm. fourth Sunday of Advent, right? It was like Joseph, the angel appearing to Joseph in the dream. Yeah, and they were and and the difference between them. I mean, if you get into uh, biblical studies and stuff, you, you start to learn that each of the gospel readings, where they were coming from, who they're writing for, where their exactly. background was. But Matthew was was a was a Jewish writer, what came from the Jewish tradition, and was writing for the Jewish people, right? Yes. And so a lot of his references referenced um, things that the Jewish people would know at the time. Mm-hmm. Luke was 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 one of the few Gentile writers, uh, and so he wrote his uh, his. He was not Jewish to begin with. He became just Christian, and he wrote his from the stance of the entire world. Like Jesus mm-hmm. came, like so. One Matthew wrote for Jesus came as the Messiah for the world, but for the Israelites, you know, like to fulfill the prophecy. And Luke wrote in, in terms of Jesus came for the entire world, mm-hmm. you know, from the, so two different kind of outputs and different yeah. looks at stuff, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And, and you know, like uh, the gospel of Mark, because uh, people say, well, why doesn't Mark mention the nativity? Well, I mean, Mark, if, if you've read the first chapter of Mark, it starts with the proclamation of, of John the Baptist, right? Yeah. And then it moves in verse nine to, uh, uh, the baptism of Jesus. Yeah. So Mark skipped like all of Jesus' life until his baptism. Uh, but, you know, Mark was also someone who was, um, you know, he was a companion of St. Peter, yeah. right? And so the writings reflect what he was sort of experiencing for himself. Time. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, he wasn't around when 
<laughs> when yeah, yeah. Jesus and, was born. Not to say that the other gospel writers were either, but yeah. that was that was Mark's experience, right? He was sort of recounting from what he was witnessing from Peter and, and mm-hmm. Peter's testimony. Yeah, and you could say a, maybe a crude analogy, but that Mark is the Reader's Digest version of the of the gospel, or that yeah. that, that he, it's yeah. um, you don't get as much as much detail because his his is the shortest gospel. That's right, yeah. and then John. You know, John takes a different stance. John starts way at the at the at the beginning, right? In the beginning, there was the Word. Yeah, right. And the Word made flesh, and yeah. then and then he jumps to. Um, after that, he jumps yeah. to was it the wedding of Cana or uh, no uh, baptism? The baptism yeah. again, yeah, yeah, or the presentation yeah. or the baptism. Like because, yeah, you know. So Mark's focusing on Jesus' ministry. Yes, John is sort of on the big picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in the beginning, yeah. there was the Word. Like this, there's something going on here. Yeah. Like, that's how he begins his gospel, right? So each of them have their own flavor. Like like you were saying, like even in Luke, the gospel of Luke, it, it focuses the nativity story from really Mary, Mary's mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. What Mary encountered, you know, it says that she pondered these things in her heart, yeah. right? Throughout the throughout the entire gospel, actually, Luke is one of the few accounts, I think it was Luke, right? That has his few accounts that, that focuses on Mary's experiences. So like all the way through his gospel, yeah. even to where we know that Mary was at the cross or that Mary was in the, Mary was with them and the feeding, uh, I'm sorry, when the paralyzed man came through and like it focused that Mary was there or this mm-hmm. was like, we know a lot of that because of this one specific gospel account versus all of them, you know what I mean? Or that yeah. Mary was at the cross. And, yeah. So let's look at Matthew, Matthew's yeah. gospel, yeah. you know, it, it's really a short it's, a, it's just, yeah. uh, I think, six or seven verses long, yeah. the, 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 you know, this event of the nativity. Uh, so, you know, it says this, it, it, I like, like on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the gospel starts. This is how the birth of Jesus took place. Yeah. The birth <laughs> of Jesus took place in this way. And then it said, then it just kind of talks about Joseph being a righteous man and, yeah. and, and you know, having to be convinced. Oh, I mean, you know, not being convinced, but having to be told by the angel. But, but this is really important because... I think Matthew's showing the connection here, right, between Joseph's lineage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as, as Josh said earlier, that they have different, Matthew and Luke have different focus, and uh, Matthew is, is more interested in showing kind of the continuity from, from the Old Testament at, uh, w- with that, but also with um, um, the emphasis on Herod and yes. the, um, the wise men, the, yeah. the, the Magi, um, that, you know, you have almost a direct parallel back to the Exodus. You have the um, yeah. that well, and and uh, an emphasis on on Saint Joseph as well, and the flight to Egypt. Yeah, so right. it's kind of the the inverse of of, of that. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of cool. Something I never realized, but like um, adoption at this time, this is the adoption of the time of the Romans and the Greeks, and and this was a time where adoption was not just a little thing. Uh, adoption when someone was to adopt, because we always say, well, Joseph, well, he's the stepdad, like he's not, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but but. So there's two things that kind of need to be pointed out here. First of all, Joseph, it actually, if you go into the gospel, one of them says it was in the line of King David, mm-hmm. and one was it, one was one was in the line of King David, and one was that he was a like King David was an ancestor or something like that. But the wording suggests in one gospel specifically, I can't remember which one it is, but says that Joseph was actually in line to be the next king. But we remember if we go back just a little bit further than that, it was the whole time of the Maccabees and the whole, like, basically the the house of Israel crumbled uh, under the Maccabees' rule. And we talked about this before with the, uh, the, the different types of Israelites and Jewish people at the time, Pharisees and so on and so forth, the different tribes. Um, but so to be in the line of King David, but specifically to be in 
like the next on the throne at this time wasn't the person that you wanted to be because King da- uh, King Herod kind of took over the throne, became the king of the Jews as we know him and, yeah. Yeah. and all that. And we talked about yeah. that. Yeah. King of the Jews is, is really interesting, especially yeah. like that, that Matthew is kind of layering all these things so yeah. that you have... Um, with with that parallel to the Exodus story, Herod is actually like is the king of the Jews. Yeah, um, he's a false king. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like in, in he's the parallel there is that he is Pharaoh. So yeah. when that, like when it's sending out um, to to kill all the um, the firstborn sons, that it's like that interesting. Who's supposed to be the king of the Jews is is actually in, in like uh, practically speaking is 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 like Pharaoh. The wise men identify Jesus as the king of the Jews. But also in Matthew's gospel later on, um, you have Pilate, um, his inscription, like this is the king of the Jews. And uh, the wise men, you know, traditionally are known as um, kings, kings from the east. So it's like you have two secular authorities, secular kings. Recognizing him. Recognizing the kingship of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the one who should, or the one who should be in line in that kind of... um, uh, like as as the Judean ruler yeah. should be the first to recognize, you yes. know, the descendant, the Davidic right. king. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. There, there's a lot of things being like paralleled and layered in in Matthew's well, that, gospel. And in with the with the with the adoption of Jesus. So so Joseph accepting Mary and Jesus as his son and going from there. Uh, and that at that time, this is the time where the if you didn't think that your kids could rule after you, okay, if that if that then the Roman ruler or the Greek ruler at the time would go out and select somebody who they thought could and adopt them as their heir, right? And it's so we we have a lot of stories that if you watch a lot of the movies now that we have, it kind of happens quite a bit. But like this was something that happened on a regular basis, and that person being adopted into the family would accept the full rights and traditions of the heir to the throne. And so the king would go, and, or not the king, but the ruler would pick that person specifically. So we have a person in line of King David, like to be on the throne, Joseph, who is hiding out, let's say, because uh, it's probably not a popular time, and he's just being a carpenter and stuff. But he is then accepting and choosing his heir, Jesus, who is the Son of God. Like he, So Jesus, like... All, it comes full circle, I guess, is kind yeah. of, which is kind of really cool, right? And then you also have Mary. I mean, we talk about this a little bit, but Mary, we know that Mary is cousin of Queen Elizabeth. I mean, Queen, sorry, of Elizabeth in the gospel, <laughs> which is, we know that it says the uh, Elizabeth, who was a descendant of Aaron, mm-hmm. and Aaron being the line of priests. And so we have Mary being in the line of priests, direct descendant in the line of priests, and we have Joseph in direct descendant descendant of line of kings mm-hmm. coming together and we have jesus which is kind of cool yeah priest profiting and king, king. and yeah. it's kind of just it just kind of all comes in the other part though that we don't ever really talk about is like nowadays jesus like mary and joseph were betrothed and that has real legal content uh, like uh mm-hmm. specific consequences consequences yeah like like they're betrothed which means that they are promised to each other but they're also pretty much married legally but the marriage wasn't consummated mm-hmm. right and so and part of that why it's such a big deal is because there is a big consummation ceremony in the tradition where everybody would come it's kind of like a wedding everybody comes and then they all stand outside the bedroom and it's a big deal and so to not have this happen 
would suggest that there are other problems like that 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 like just to go sneak off and have a shotgun wedding kind of thing like we're like well they're betrothed they're they're pretty much happen and then why doesn't he just marry her on the side kind of thing you know and no but he didn't and it was a big deal because they wouldn't have had that betrothal ceremony and uh, witnesses or any of the other stuff that would have happened at that time because through the tradition of the church we believe virgin mary that this never happened right mm-hmm. Is betrothal the same thing as today's, like, common law? No, I don't think so. No, I think, uh, like, that, that, as Josh said, it, it's it's more than, more than an engagement, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that would be, because, like, a lot of people would say that betrothal and engagement, like, even, similar, even yeah. like, in later parts of Western civilization, those are kind of the same thing. But, like, betrothal is, like, you're promised to this person, um, and you are, yeah, um, married in every way except like actual consummation yeah yeah that that final step okay so sticking with this this gospel from matthew like i love the parallels there because uh you know of course we know from luke's gospel you know the angel gabriel appears to mary yeah and then we know in matthew's gospel the angel of the lord appears to joseph yeah so you have these things they both say the same thing you know do not be afraid joseph's like joseph's hearing that uh, the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, you know? And I, I just love, you know, Joseph awakes from his sleep, it says, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Yeah. You know, like just a, just a great man of faith who trusted in the Lord's plan. But uh, one thing I want to talk about in, in Matthew's gospel is uh, it says in verse 21, she will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus, <laughs> for he will save his people from their sins. I mean, that's what the name Jesus, you know that yeah, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? same thing. Yeah. Uh, the Lord is salvation. The Lord saves, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what Jesus means. Um, then, you know, people ask all the time, you know, what didn't Isaiah say that, you know, it's a, well, right here, it's, it's Matthew includes it here. It's a quote from Isaiah 7. Uh, look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son. They shall name him Emmanuel. Yeah, you know, which means God yeah. is with us. So people say, like, how come they named him Jesus and not Emmanuel? And I, I think, you know, uh, Matthew, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's not like to give him the name Emmanuel. Yeah. Isaiah, like in Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah lists all these names yeah. for Jesus, right? The Messiah. Um, you know, wonderful counselor, yeah. prince of peace, yeah. Yeah. all these things, right? So he will be called Emmanuel because he is God with us, right? But it's, it's more not, of a title than a name. Exactly, because Isaiah does that with all these other titles that yeah. we'll hear at the Christmas celebrations. Yeah, right? exactly what we said um, uh, in our episode about the O Antiphon, that it's not, yeah. it's not like that these are distinct names, but these show different aspects of who Jesus is. So, That's right. So, um, you know, Jesus... The name Jesus, like God, God saves, or yeah. um, um, and God with us in Emmanuel. Um, those aren't, you know, um, contradictory uh, labels. That like, no, the way that you know God is saving us from from, uh, or the the efficient, uh, or like the the effective means of God saving us from our sin is the incarnation. That's yeah. right. That these are two. They, these are two sides of the same yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's how Matthew sort of ends uh, the nat- the nativity account, right? It's it's Joseph's kind of understanding, yeah. And then he jumps right into the, the next chapter of Matthew is the visit of the Magi, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we we kind of go, and that's how the and then the escape into Egypt and all that stuff. So as far as nativity account for Matthew, that's it. It's mm-hmm. chapter one after the genealogy, uh, verse eighteen to twenty four, right? So that's why we well we read that on the fourth Sunday of Advent. This year, but that's why at Christmas time, 
We yeah. usually focus on the Gospel of Luke because Luke has sort of a lot of more details detail. yeah. about um, the nativity story. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things, too, I love about Luke is when he gets into um, who was there. And yes. So, like, because yeah. it's kind yeah, of yeah. a cool, like, when you're talking about it, we, we kind of talked about it this week with some of the youth. Um, but one of the things that I loved about it, I only just kind of just started thinking about it more and more as I was reading through the nativity or as hearing it being read to me. Um, the shepherds were there, mm-hmm. and the shepherds are a big deal. Uh, the shepherds being there, and not only that they were there, it's not like they are like, hey, oh, hey, there's a baby in the manger. No, they were invited by God. The angels appeared. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't just like w- happen to wander to, onto a stable kind yeah. of thing and see it there. Um, but they were they were they were invited. They're told by God, go see this. Yeah. Uh, and and two things about that in the, the in the Jewish tradition. Um, pretty much if there is any kind of discharge or bodily fluid coming out of you at any time, you're considered unclean. Right. If you touch any such bodily fluid or whatever, so any kind of pus, any kind of blood, any kind of uh, poo, uh, any kind of like uh, anything that comes out, if you touch any of that, you are then considered unclean and have to go wash and then go get, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of washing, a lot of cleaning, a lot of that. Um, to be a shepherd at this time would mean that you're consistently dealing with okay. poo yeah. <laughs> um, and then things bottle- that make you unclean yeah. stuff that makes you unclean, especially yeah, like even if you think and- like you're saving, well, you're saving your animals from yeah. the So you're constantly touching dead bodies. Like as yeah. a farmer, that's just something that happens. You, you constantly livestock is dead stock, all that stuff. Um, and so you're constantly, so you are constantly in a state of uncleanliness almost if, it, if you want to consider it that. And there'll be very few times where you might actually go to town, wash up, get clean and, and, and uh, worship properly mm-hmm. because your j- job is with your sheep. And at that time, that was a big deal. And so, um, the shepherds are considered to be the lowest of the low. They were the people that weren't able to worship because they're constantly unclean, like to be a farmer. And at this time, farmers are based, like they didn't have farmers yeah. like we do. They had, they had shepherds and they lived with the sheep and they smelt like the sheep. And they, yeah. and Jesus was constantly through the gospels referring back to the good shepherd and referring back to mm-hmm. that. But it's to also bring up and show like the shepherds were invited to the birth of Christ, the lowest of the low of the Jewish tradition were welcomed into the stable at this time. A time where you wouldn't necessarily, like if he was a king, there would be reserved for high, you know, high royalty only kind of thing. Right. But he invited the lowest of the low through the angels, invited them into witness this birth, which is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, he had the magi or the wise men and royalty as we know them to be. But whether they are, we don't know exactly what that means, right? We don't know if that means uh, they brought expensive gifts. That's what we know. Yeah. They brought expensive gifts, and the only people that can export, afford expensive gifts were royalty of some sorts. Right. So we expect them to be kings. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but th- like, so we had kings there, and we had the low, like the lowest of the low, and we had the kings, and the kings weren't even Jewish that we know of. And so them being from a different tradition, different, like Jesus came for the whole world, the lowest mm-hmm. of the low, the kings. The, the Gentiles and the Jews, like all the way around. Yeah, and you know, like you said, Luke Luke tells us who's there. I also like the context, the historical context that Luke gives us in mm-hmm. the gospel, right? Like he, he says a decree went out mm-hmm. uh, from Caesar Augustus. So now we're starting to know the time, the time right, mm-hmm. that all the world should be registered. It was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, right? So now we have all these places. So all went to their own towns to be to be registered. So Joseph, it says, went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, 
to mm-hmm. the city of David called Bethlehem, right? Because he was a he was descended from the family of David. And so now we're putting these this event into a historical and geographical context, mm-hmm. right? Which is is really amazing. There was there was a question that was posed one time which was why did Joseph take Mary? She's nine months pregnant. This is a big journey. Why wouldn't he just leave her with family, go fill out the forms, and come back? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get there, do his thing, come back. Yeah. And part of it was, like, we don't actually know, but some of the speculation there, first of all, again, kind of comes back to that betrothal. She's pregnant. There wasn't a betrothal ceremony. In, in that, they could both be stoned, you know, for not living. Uh, Joseph was a protector. Joseph was Mary's protector. He he was a righteous man. Yeah. And but he was also protector. And so he knew the laws. He knew how to live out the laws, which says they should both be stoned. But he was also protector. So he was protector of Mary. And he brought Mary with him for a couple of reasons. And some of the speculation is that they're also going to the temple. Like they're going to a place where they're like getting closer to Jerusalem, where there's a temple, there where they can make the presentation, they can do all that. Um so and, and but also just to like maybe they didn't have somebody that they could have left Mary with to raise this baby or that Mary might be at risk of maybe the, the townspeople would take her out and stone her then, you know, like before the baby was born kind of thing. Like, you know, so. And I, I, I think that was you, Josh, that we, yeah. we were having, we were having a conversation one time outside of our podcast about the name Bethlehem. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. 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 So the significance of, of bread box. Yeah. The yeah. house of bread. Yeah. The house of bread. So here they were going to the house of bread. Our Lord Jesus was born in a manger, yeah. which was a food trough for the sheep. Right. So our Lord Jesus was born, in, it was laid in the food trough for the sheep. They went to the town of Bethlehem, which means bread box. So the bread of life was born in the t- town of bread yeah. <laughs> and laid in a manger for his sheep, yeah. which is food for sheep. And, and very appropriate uh, yeah. as a birthplace for our Lord, who is the bread of life. Yeah. I remember yeah. you, had, uh, you had said that uh, to me one time before. So now uh, I like this part of it. Like, you know, there's popular culture when it comes to the nativity story. Right? Mm-hmm. And one of the most popular things, I think, um, I mean, we get manger scenes. Mm-hmm. That's really popular, right? And all the animals are there. And today I see all these modern you know, manger scenes. I think some of the kids put their G.I. Joes and Spider-Mans and Yoda Yoda and Pokemons (laughs) in the the nativity, right? But it's like, you know, the story about them being rejected from the inn, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is like, that really takes off. Like, oh, there was no room in the inn for them. It's it's literally one, like half a sentence. And what does it say? Say, say, can you read it? It says, she gave birth to her son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger Mm -hmm. because there was no place in the guest room this is this translation no no but that's but that's that's what i wanted to bring up because we always think of it as an inn yeah but joseph had family in bethlehem because that's where he had to go back to register so this might be kind of go again going to back to that tradition they actually joseph and mary might have been shunned and so going back to there was no place for him at the inn. We don't know that it was an actual inn. And, and if you were going back to where your family was, you're just going to stay with the family, right? And so there was no place for them at the place where their family was. Right. And so they were kind of, well, you guys didn't do the patrol ceremony. You guys didn't do this stuff. We're going to kind of put you off to the side here. You know, like, 
we don't really know if we recognize like recognize this whole thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And so you get to go in the backwoods shed, you know, kind of thing. And that's <laughs> and like you don't get to stay with the family. Yeah. Um, so there might have been some shunning going on there too. It, it doesn't. We don't know. I mean, that's it's speculation. But it, but like just knowing, we don't actually say in anywhere. We've taken that translation and actually made it. But it makes sense that if Joseph was from Bethlehem, there was no such thing as a lot of hotels. The only other time it uses a place like that is when they talk about the upper room. And we don't know that Jesus rented the upper room either. It just kind of like, hey, go follow this man. Tell him you want the upper room, and they're going to give it to us. It might have been family. It might have been, we don't know, you know? So, so the translation that we read in Canada uh, yeah. at uh, Christmas yeah, Mass, does it say for in? the Mass of, ni- of the night, it says, uh, she gave birth to her son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, yeah. laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Oh, it does say inn. It does okay. say inn. Okay. Right? So it depends but, on... you know, you're right. Uh, I mean, Joseph, this was Joseph's hometown. Uh, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. It was. It's, it's like breaking was, news here on the Catholic it was, Buzz. It was an interesting. No, no. It was just an interesting concept I heard from somebody who was studying scripture about it, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that actually makes sense." And when I looked it up, I got the same kind of Bible verse. Uh, so if it does say "in," there's a difference there. But it could. We just go back to the translation and see what the room actually meant. Yeah. You know, if it meant just the place to stay, that could have meant their family. If it means specifically motel, that's different. Right. Like, okay. So, so then talking about the, the angels, like, again, remember we said the angel appeared to Mary, the angel appears to Joseph. Now the angel, you were saying about the shepherds being invited to this event. It was by the message of an angel. Like the angel stood before them, said, there's something amazing happening that you should go check out. Right. Uh, and then that's why, uh, it says that you will find, uh, this child, uh, lying in a manger. Right. And so they went, but the, the Luke's gospel also says there was a multitude of heavenly host, right? Which is yeah. angels yeah. praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth yeah. peace among those whom he favors. So there's like this like celestial event going on while this like nativity is that, like, it's, it's a really like heaven and earth yeah, yeah. are yeah, yeah. really meeting. Right. And then... Yeah. yeah. No. No. I, no. I, I was trying to because like you watch you watch movies about the nativity or mm-hmm. the whatever, and they, yeah. like like they take some artistic license sure, and they course. you know expand the the and like the nativity like are are actually really small portions of the gospels themselves. Like of course, yeah, 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 a like, couple like, lines, yeah, 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 like like half a chapter or something like that. But um, this is the highest concentration of angelic intervention. In in <laughs> in in the whole Bible, that's Mary, right. So it's just Joseph like yeah, here, yeah, yeah. It's like like yeah. really like <laughs> coordinating events, and you know you have that opening of heaven yeah. that we, we talked about in our our episode about the mass. That is like you know the mass is heaven meets earth because you know um, Jesus you know, comes down, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Eucharist. But like that is the incarnation. That's the yeah. intersection of the finite and the infinite. You know the divine and the material. So it's it's cool that like that that's you know represented in in a visual way with you know. The, the angelic chorus, you know, adding to. I just had a weird thought, yeah. but it was totally, and just, just totally me, uh, spitballing. <laughs> but um, th- just a thought, <laughs> we don't hear about anybody else being present at the birth, but like Mary giving birth and having been in a birthing room before with my wife and having four kids, um, y- your first time, your firstborn, you're going to want some experience there. And kind of interesting, like we don't hear about a midwife or family gathered around or anything else, but... The most experienced people I know that deal with like hundreds of births a year might have been the shepherds. They have a mammal birth, and so they might have been knowing what to deal with and how to deal with. And, you know, like like it would be an interesting, just totally, again, spitballing kind of concept. But, hey, we need a midwife. Hey, you guys. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. yeah uh, cool. And it says like when that's very true. Like or Joseph was by himself because it does say like when they heard when they listened to the message of the angel mm-hmm. and they went, it says they went with haste. Yeah. Right. And found Mary and Joseph and the child yeah. lying in the manger. Like oh, yeah. it didn't say, and you know, yeah. their cousin Elizabeth was there too, exactly. and yeah. the kids were there, or people from the town were there, or whatever. It was like they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. So yeah, okay. maybe they did help out Joseph. We don't know. Well, it was just an interesting thought that, like, oh, that would be. I yeah. would, f- I would imagine, if I was in the place of Joseph, I would feel more comfortable when a shepherd showed up. At the same time, like, yeah, get out of here, wait. You deliver. <laughs> get over here. I need. I need your help. Yeah. You know. And in the movies, and in the like, in the the gospel narrative, we get the cleaned up version. Yeah. Exactly. We get that, yes. Like so. Yeah. Like he, uh, by the time they get there, everybody Jesus was washed and cleaned. The baby, yeah, baby yeah. was wrapped in clean clothing. Well, yeah. Hot Which, water was already boiled. Yeah. And the, like, <laughs> the, the word manger. Like when I was mm-hmm. when I was becoming Catholic, that it was like, um, you know, looking at when Jesus says, you know. Uh, I'm the bread of life. Like I'm the, like looking at the uh, Bethlehem, like the yeah. significance of the word. It was like my grade three French. It was like manger. It was like, manger. that's the same as manger. Yeah. Like to eat. <laughs> so like you have the prefiguration of the Eucharist in just this, this, yeah. One sentence of just like, there he is laying in a manger. We're like, yeah. well, what's, <laughs> what's in a manger? Food. Food. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last part about uh, Luke's uh, narrative here on the on the nativity, it says like, so when the shepherds showed up, they saw what was happening, and it says that they told them, like they were like, li- like an angel appeared to us. Listen. All these things were happening. They told us to come this way. And Mary and, and Joseph were like, get in line. That happened. Like, that, that's yeah. old news. That happened. Yeah, to us. You know, <laughs> and it says. Uh, it says they were amazed at what the shepherds told them, right? Mm-hmm. And here it says, verse 18, it says this, uh, they had made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mm-hmm. So shepherds go out and start proclaiming. Yeah. They start evangelizing. And right there, by boom. now, were there other people there? Like, who were they telling? Oh, well, that's a good question. Because then it says specifically, Mary then treasured all mm-hmm. these words and pondered them in her heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. And then it says, of course, the shepherds went back glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen just as, as it had been told them. Now, we've right. talked about this before, too, but like the wise men don't show up that night. Right? right. Or we don't know that they show up. Yeah. We don't know when they show up. But we can assume because of the time frame when we talk about Herod and visiting and everything yeah. else and Herod giving the order uh, that they're, you know, kill everybody to and under that kind of thing, that it was within two years of Jesus and I'm uh, sorry, Joseph and Mary and Jesus having the nativity that night. And so within two years of that time was kind of when it happened. But we also kind of so we get a time frame, a picture, an idea of where, where that is. Um, we also, we also know though, like that might've been another reason why Joseph brought Mary. Like they weren't just, they were leaving the hometown where they're at and they were going to be going to move into Bethlehem for a little while. And then from there, they're going to run away to Egypt. Like if, if Mary wasn't with Joseph at that time, none of that could have happened. Mm. Right. And so. Yeah, and, and you know what's not lost on me when I when you're hearing the nativity narratives is like you know you were mentioning like all it's like the most it's the it's the place where we hear about angels oh, the yeah. most here in the in the scriptures uh, they've involved people who are normally 
like the lowest of the low, like mm-hmm. shepherds, those mm-hmm. who are unclean. Yeah. Those are the witnesses uh, to this event. Um, you know, the angel of the Lord appears to Mary, appears to Joseph, appears the shepherds. There's this event. There's no room in the end because of what maybe their circumstances are, whatever it might be. But it's like this event, it's not lost on me, that people, this was an extraordinary event. God becomes man, right? God yeah. becomes one of us. Mm-hmm. And the people who trusted in God's plan, right? It is just, just shouts at me here, right? It's like, this has never been seen or heard before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, angels show up to people. They say like, Mary gives her yes. Joseph gives his yes. The shepherds are like, wow. And then they start proclaiming. And there's a sudden joy within mm-hmm. them. Like to, you know, we sing these Christmas hymns and we put out the manger and put little baby Jesus there. But yeah. this was like a, an event, mm-hmm. uh, like a heavenly event on earth. That's like the, that the gospels are capturing in a few paragraphs, maybe, yeah. right? And I just marvel at, like, this is how God chose to enter the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. I think it's also cool to think about angels in this context, because if a person appeared to me and just, like, appeared in front of me and then said some of these words, yeah, I don't think I'd believe them. Do you know what I mean? But for an angel to appear and the very first thing that they they say to Joseph, to Mary, and to the shepherds, do, do not, not be, be afraid. afraid. Yeah. The, yeah. Like I don't know what an angel necessarily looks like other than like a, a beautiful human with wings, you know. But 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 what an angel could look like or what an angel like the power, the majesty that these of angels making themselves known, being able to appear so that Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds see them. The very first thing they have to say to them is, yeah. "Do not be afraid." There's got to be a power, a majesty, and awe, that, that not only just from do not be afraid, but also from the words that they spoke, that you automatically believe that they are from God. I yeah. mean, yeah. part of that comes from knowing truth, knowing God when you see him, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. but like the angel said, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, and Mary was like, yeah, okay. I under, like, yeah. no question, I believe that this is the case. And then Joseph, same thing. Okay, get up, marry, marry her. And then later on, I think it was the Holy Spirit, or was it the angel that said, go to Egypt? You know, and, and Joseph just gets up and goes, yeah. like, just does it. Being and, warned in a dream. I don't know if they well, say warned specifically. Warned in a dream. Oh, that's right. No, but that's I, right. Don't, I don't know if they say specifically. Like an angel appeared yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so that's the uh, nativity narratives. Uh, just for one last thing, like, uh, I don't know if, uh, if people uh, know, but there are three options for readings in the Catholic Masses for Christmas. Uh, for Christmas, there's always the, the Mass at night, mm-hmm. the Mass at dawn, and the Mass at, during the day. So, And there's three different sets of readings for each of yeah. those masses, right? So wherever people are going to mass at Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, uh, like it depends where you're going, what readings you might hear. and uh, But all of them have something beautiful uh, to recount, right? Like I know during the mass during the day, we hear John's gospel, you know, right from the beginning, yeah. right? And we don't necessarily hear the gospel of, of, the, of the nativity. Anyways, that's the wisdom of the church because what happened here at the nativity of Jesus, what happened here was an event beyond... Us, yeah, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. it's making connections to the bigger picture of God's plan for salvation. Awesome. So that's all the time we have here. So I wish both of you, Thank you. a merry, merry Christmas. I hope uh, the Lord blesses you guys and your family uh, you. this Christmas season. <laughs> Thank you. And Merry Christmas also to our backstage crew, Dave and Kevin. And uh, uh, on behalf of the entire crew at the Catholic Buzz podcast, uh, we wish you all a happy and a holy Christmas, and we will see you next time on the Catholic Buzz.